0: my friends and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, January the 5th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness in this new year. May God be doing something new within you, within your situations, wherever you find yourself. Uh, for those new to the podcast, thanks for being with me. My name is Joe Zenk. I am a lay Catholic minister Um, in the eastern side of Wisconsin, and um, was in uh, professional ministry for a little over 30 years within the church, Catholic church, and just recently, about two, two and a half years ago, stepped away from that and am doing hospice chaplaincy. But what I do, started it back during the pandemic. I did daily podcasts as a way to bring the Word of God to those who were not able to come to church, which was many at the time, And, and then um, about two years ago, not quite, uh, I thought, gosh, that's a whole lot of podcasts every day and, uh, I'm going to do it once a week. And so what I do is I try to drop this on Friday mornings and look at the coming weekend's readings for whatever that day is and, uh, and break open usually the first reading in the gospel. And that's what we're going to do today as well. So we can hear it prior to going to mass, uh, on the weekend and have already kind of pondered it and chewed it and, and and stayed with it. So that way, when we hear it again at Mass, uh, we're more familiar, and it's in familiarity, right, that God can speak to us. We're going to be more at ease, and uh, we can let that spirit kind of mine the depths of our hearts, our minds, our beings, uh, and, and maybe very well be open to the uh, reflection uh, homily of the uh, priest or deacon at that point, too, when they help mine that for us, too. Uh, okay, so this weekend we celebrate a feast day. Many people think it's the end of the Christmas season. It's not. It's the feast of the Epiphany of the Lord. You know the reading. We do Matthew every year for this because Matthew is the only one that designate or only one that points to this. Um, but it really is is oh gosh, there's so much there. And we're gonna boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom through, not the readings, we take our time in the readings, but I'm gonna zoom through a number of things because I wanna I want to kind of get in depth on something that's going on within the church, but I I think I can point it and tie it to this reading as well in this weekend feast, and I hope to do that. I'll explain that more in a bit. So what are we going to hear? We're going to hear the first reading, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 6, so remember that's 3rd Isaiah, after the Jewish people have come back uh, from Babylon, rebuilt the temple, are back in Uh, Jerusalem and back in Israel. That's very important because it'll help the reading come alive a little bit. Third Isaiah, Isaiah 60. And then, of course, the gospel is Matthew. It's going to be Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, a very familiar story. My only warning is always the same uh, that those of you who have listened for a while um, don't become so familiar that we don't hear it anew, okay? So however it is you prepare yourself to hear the word of God, uh, I invite you to open your yourself, uh, open your mind, open your heart, open your being, open your spirit, that this word of God uh, may come in and find a home within you. So let's break open God's word. We're reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the peoples but upon you the lord shines and over you appears his glory nations shall walk by your light and kings by your shining radiance raise your eyes and look about they all gather and come to you your sons come from afar and your daughters in the arms of their nurses Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba shall come, bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now again, if something spoke to you there, brothers and sisters, stick with it. It's where God is going to meet us. That's so good. But I'm going to carry us forward. Let's break open uh, the gospel together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there is so much here. And I can't, and I'm not even going to try to to unearth all of it. Because if I did, one, it'd be way too long. And two, I think we'd lose so much because it may be overwhelming. So I'm going to stick with simple things. The first is this. This is a feast of light, right? Uh, It's a feast that reminds us that the first ones to honor our Savior, right, were the shepherds on, on the night, right, that, that the angels go out to the fields, they bring them in and say, hey, go, and, and, and they come and see. Uh, and so it's the outcasts, right? It's the fringes. And then the other ones that recognize what's happening were not even the Jewish people. And, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way toward them. It, it was outsiders and in, in a different sense. It was Gentiles. It was Gentiles. It was pagans. It was those who read the signs of the times, who read the signs of God present to them in nature, in earthly ways. Brothers and sisters, do we think that God spoke to us in those ways back then, 2,000 years ago, and does not speak to us in those ways now? why would god change what god is and how god presented god's very self to us to those on the outside why because man they need something right they're open Um, they don't have it figured out to those who are seeking to those who who could look around and say there's god in that sunset there's god in that cool breeze there's god in that drink of water there's god in that star who's guiding us happens all around us if we have but the eyes to see all right all right so that's that's just kind of a preamble um so uh let's start with isaiah and this is where i want us to first um ponder if this Mm -hmm. is important uh and and speaks to you and that's this okay The Jewish people have come back from Babylon. They've set up the temple again. They're a country again. And this is what God says to them through Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. So again, not just saying Jerusalem, you inhabitants of. Basically, the people, the Jewish people. Rise up in splendor. Your light has come. Not just meaning the light of God, okay? Although, of course, it's always God's light. I mean, our light is mere reflection of that light, right? Always God first. But that's that's really not what Isaiah is saying. He's saying, your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. Hold on. You may say, Joe, you're just contradicting yourself. Hold on. Hang with me. See, darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the peoples. Amen. Right? What was true back then for for third Isaiah in, let's say, 500 years before Jesus. That's 2,500 years ago. Doesn't darkness still cover the earth? and thick clouds cover the peoples but upon you the lord shines and over you appears his glory nations shall walk by your light okay i just completed the circle there the first light is always god's it's god's light that we, that that shines upon us any light we try to do on our own it's it's nothing it's it's going to be it's it's going to be empty but when, and, and to the extent that we open ourselves to the light that shines on us, nations shall walk by the light they see in you, Jerusalem, in you, Israel, and kings by your shining radiance. Meaning, they're not going to look um, and understand fully what that light means up there. They need an interpretation. And who is that? You and me and how we live our life. Brothers and sisters, even the kings in the gospel had to go to Herod and had to say, hey, tell us where this king is going. We can tell you, we saw the light. We want to know what it's about. Interpret for us. Brothers and sisters, we need to be people that open ourselves to the light, capital T, capital L. And to the extent that we do, don't think for a second. Don't think for a second that people won't walk by that light. Because they will. Okay, maybe it's not going to be nations. Maybe kings and queens and royalty aren't going to do it. You know? That's that's pointing to, to the gospel today. But I do know this. Communities will. Maybe that community is your family. Maybe it's your, your two best friends. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's the, the people you are close to at work. Um, maybe it's a... a a chat group you have i don't i don't know what your community is but people will walk by your light that's it's true thick clouds cover the earth darkness covers the people they need light they're looking for it they're looking for it the magi they saw it they saw it and they followed it but needed help in understanding it and coming to to know god through it The same is similar now. So two questions first here. Who has been or continues to be a light for you in your life? Thank God for them today. Because through them and through the light that they shone that you saw, you've come to know God more. Praise God for them and thank God for them. And point two, how can you open yourself more to the light today? Today. Let's just just go today. I'm not going to say for the next 10 months or the next 10 years. How can you open yourself more to the light today so other people may walk by your example? And who are those people that you want to make sure you're shining for, that are looking for it? All right. That's point number one. Easy one, right? Point number two. Super easy. Even easier. And again, so the kings come, right? I'm I'm going to the gospel now. The kings come and uh, and they go to Herod and, and and we we depict 3 of them because there's 3 gifts. We don't know. There could have been 2, there could have been 10. And 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 we call them kings, but they're really magi, they're seekers. They're they're those again who can interpret the signs of the day, of the earth, of the time. Um, and and they looked and they know something is happening and something is moving and they trusted. Uh, their very futures to it and followed it. Who knows whether that was for uh, a month or, th- or two years? <laughs> How long does a, does a, a star stay and, and proceed? That's a question I don't I can't answer anyway. But here's what I know. they, they came and dromedaries. So I mean it was it was a large faction. let's just say that. And Herod was upset because Herod's not reading the signs of the times, not reading the signs of nature. It has no idea that God is moving. And he sees somebody, of course, who's going to oppose him, another king. We don't want that. We know, we know where the story's going. Herod's troubled, which means all of Jerusalem's troubled because Herod was hanging on by a very thin thread. And when Herod was distressed, the people had right to be distressed. People died. And so Herod plays it cool and says, find out where, where exactly, okay, Bethlehem, when did the star appear? So I, I know what age range I'm talking about here go and, and, and do a momage because then I, and, to, and bring word back because I'd love to do the same, knowing his his deal. And they come and they offer their gifts. Now, there's more to be said about what the gifts mean and where they point. I'm not going to do that today. They simply invested, let's say, a year of their lives. I think that's reasonable. Traveling, not knowing what they were going to find, and prostrating their very beings and their very gifts before this entity that they did not know what this entity stood for yet or where this entity would bring them or the world. They just knew there was something greater than them here and they bowed to it. Are we willing to bow to that which is greater than us? And brothers and sisters, there's always something greater than us. Oftentimes on my lesser days, I kind of think I'm it. That ain't ever it. Those are my lesser days for a reason. And I don't think I'm that abnormal. Are we able to bow at something greater than us? And and I think the easy question is, what gift today? Again, let's not talk tomorrow or next week. What gift today do you want to lay at the foot of our God? Because I'll tell you what, God can do something with it. I'm certain of that. And there's a gift you have that maybe only you have. And maybe that's part of the way you shine your light. I don't know the answer to that. But what gift today can you place at the foot of our God, of our Savior, of Jesus, and say, Lord, this one's yours. I don't know what you can do with it. I don't have the creativity. I don't have the imagination. Neither do the kings, by the way, the magi. But they trusted it and invites us to give a gift or maybe even three to our god today okay here's where i want to go on on my third uh part and i'm going to do my best to be lucid and and make a point to it and tie it back to this feast day because i think it's important about five days before christmas pope uh, francis came out with a document uh, and it was called Fiducia Supplicans, all right? Caused a whole lot of uh, uproar within the church. Those who were welcoming it with open arms, those who really, and, and don't just trust me for this, uh, thought that Pope Francis was a heretic and and were writing him off and leaving the church and all kinds of crazy things. And, and, and I want to say this forward, brothers and sisters, those of you who are already nervous and, and that I want to talk about this, hey, hang with me. Hang with me. I'm not trying to make any point to say, um, you know, buy this side and, and reject that side or or, or do uh, make a political statement. I'm not trying to do any of that. I am trying to say, let's look and try to understand what the document was saying and where it's pointing us, right? And, and here's the reason why. My favorite line, maybe in all of what we heard today, Uh, is the last line where the the magi having been warned in a dream not to return to herod they departed for their country by another way having met the christ they would never go home and be the same they departed for their home by another way they were different how can we meet God. How can we meet our neighbor fully and ever be fully the same? We depart. We go home. Yes, maybe, but by another route, we're not the same. And I think, I think that's where Francis is inviting us. Now, for those who aren't, aren't familiar with, and they're saying, Joe, what on earth are you talking about? Let me simply say the, the document again called Fiducia Supplicants. Um, Came out uh, just before Christmas, and essentially, how many news outlets came forward and said uh, this is something that the the Catholic Church has changed doctrine. Pope Francis did that, and essentially, he's saying now um, gay marriage and and irregular marriages, those who are divorced and remarried, it's all fine. That doctrine has changed now, and those can be can be blessed. There's some truth in that, but 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 we have to sift through it, because those are, are people, I think, with an agenda that are trying to to say something, and, and we need to set those aside. What I think Francis did was beautiful, beautiful, but here's what I understand, and I did some research. This isn't just Joe talking, so please know this isn't, I'm, I'm trying as best I can not to, to, uh, bring any of my uh, thoughts or anything. I'm trying to help us understand what I think Francis is inviting us to. So we go home by a different way because there's beauty here. So what I think Francis did is, again, he's always trying to reach to those who are on the fringes, those who are um, feeling perhaps alone in our pews or unseen, unnoticed, more importantly, unblessed. And particularly what this document does is it allows for non-ritualized blessings of irregular situations. For instance, a gay union um, or two divorced people who have been remarried those are all irregular situations. Now, we can talk more about what regular is and, and, and this, that, and the other thing, and, and that may be for another podcast for another time. That's not what my focus is here today. And none of this, I, I, I want to be very clear with this because the document is clear, and, and I uh, reread several times uh, an interview by Cardinal Fernandez, who is head of the dicastery that put this out. Um, And there's nothing within this document that says the the church is changing doctrine. It is not. It is not changing the understanding of marriage. Okay. It is not. But what it is doing, and this is where I love it because remember for those who listened two weeks ago when I, I did the podcast on Christmas and I said, God is not afraid to be born into the messes of our lives, into the stables. I mean, Israel was a mess at the time. It was, it was a conquered country, and, uh, and they didn't know who they were, and they were divided. And, uh, and, and God came into the midst of that mess. God came into the midst of this census that was going on and all the chaos of that into the very stable, which is chaos and a mess, and, and, and I talked about all the smells and everything, right? None of that deterred God from being born and, and bringing God's self to us as a gift. That's kind of what Francis is saying here, is is saying, listen, those who are in irregular situations, we're not necessarily saying this gay union is blessed or this irregular marriage, those situations are blessed. Even though I think that's a conversation for another time, I don't think we as a church have, have come to the fullness of understanding of human sexuality and human lived experience. But at the same time, we can't throw out Romans chapter 1 and what Paul says or what Jesus says in Matthew, right, about divorced and remarried and and our whole natural law. I mean, welcome to the stew. Those are hard conversations to have, but those are for another day. What Francis is saying here is, but you know what? Those people within these situations, they don't have to be perfect to get a blessing. They don't have to be perfect for me, for them to understand they are blessed, and God is present within that situation, within that mess of our lived reality and our life. And that is beautiful. Brothers and sisters, when I seek out a blessing from a priest, when I seek out a blessing from a deacon, when I go to Eucharist, I am a bundle of contradictions. I am a, I am all kinds of uh, good and and irregular and odd and, and sanctimonious and anything but sanctimonious all wrapped up in the bundle of who I am. And praise be to God that God enters within me and helps me to more and more in my life say yes to that which God calls me to. Because I need that blessing in order to live more fully and more holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, the life and love of God in my life in order to be holy, H-O-L-Y. I need God in the mess of my life to take me forward in that next step on the journey. All Francis is doing in this document is saying, listen, those men in this irregular union or these women in this irregular union, I want them to know God is there too. And, and while their lives may be messy and while we may not as a church be able to say we bless officially the, uh, the, the, the situation itself, but we do bless the people that are within that because that's the only way in the midst of it that they know they are loved, they know they are good, they know God is present, and we'll let God work with them in the midst of that as they move forward in that relationship. Brothers and sisters, that's a beauty. That's a good thing. And again, I, I say this because I think this is helpful for us to come to a new understanding of what Francis is inviting us to so we can open ourselves to that document and not say Francis is a heretic or, or that this is you know the worst thing in the world, but we can actually understand more fully what our God is inviting us to because God wants to be born in the messes of our lives. God wants us to be not clouds covering the earth or covering people in darkness, but rather God wants to be present in the midst of our lives so we can live that light more fully in whatever our situation is, in whatever our situation is. And then by doing so, we become changed. And yes, maybe we go home, but we go home by another route. We go home, um, new people, and uh, and we cannot ever uh, go back to the way that it was. I've talked longer than I planned, uh, but at least you kind of get where I'm coming from. Again, didn't mean to offend anyone, but I really am trying to to more flesh out. This is where I believe Francis fully uh, is inviting us to go. Blessed Epiphany, my friends. Oh, and I was going to say, for those who were curious, hey, when does the Christmas season end? Then if it doesn't end with Epiphany. Actually, this year it ends the day following. It always ends with the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And this year that feast is on Monday, January 8th. So, Blessed Epiphany, my friends, and Blessed Baptism of the Lord. I will see you again next week when we uh, enter back into ordinary time. But in the meantime, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth, (laughs) I was going to say sixth, that doesn't work. The fifth joyful mystery, the finding of Jesus in the temple. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for being with me on this longer episode. I'm sorry I owe you a short one now. May your feast day, your week ahead, be filled with every good blessing. Be well.